What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It is Wednesday, December 1st. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Josie Duffy-Rice, and this is What A Day, where we are so excited to announce that our reusable masks are now officially considered rare and vintage. Yes, and one may even turn you into a green monster in a yellow suit who spins around and dances a lot. (laughs) But no promises. That was not a guarantee. On today's show, we have more news on the Omicron variant, plus what we know so far about the tragic school shooting in a Detroit suburb yesterday. But first, today the Supreme Court hears what is likely the most consequential reproductive health case in many decades. The case is called Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. And Gideon, this is not an exaggeration. This is the biggest threat to abortion rights since Roe v. Wade was decided almost 50 years ago. Yeah, it certainly seems to be that way. So can you start then by just giving us some basic background on this case? Sure. So back in 2018, Mississippi passed the Gestational Age Act, which prohibited abortions in the state after the 15th week of pregnancy, except in cases of medical emergencies or fetal abnormalities. Please notice that rape is not on the list of those exceptions. And for the record, Gideon, the law is more like a 13-week ban, actually, because Mm. it specifies that the count, quote, begins on the first day of the last menstrual period of the pregnant woman. Wow. Which really demonstrates just how much Mississippi lawmakers know or care about health or science. But uh, I digress. Yeah. And for context, under Roe v. Wade and the other major abortion rights case, that is Planned Parenthood versus Casey, a state cannot prohibit a person from terminating their pregnancy before, quote, viability, which occurs around 24 weeks. That is nine weeks more than what the Mississippi law would allow. Right. It would be a really big restriction, right, on current abortion access. So the very same day that this act became law, Jackson Women's Health Organization, which is the only abortion clinic in the entire state of Mississippi, filed a lawsuit arguing that the law violated the Constitution. And the federal district court and appellate courts agreed with Jackson Women's Health, unsurprisingly, because the law was a clear violation of Roe v. Wade, right? Yeah. And yet the Supreme Court has still decided to hear this case, which is unusual. Yeah. So that's our first sign that something is amiss here. Even Mm -hmm. the very conservative Fifth Circuit appeals court was like, no, Mississippi, you can't do this. This isn't even controversial. It violates an established constitutional right. So the fact that the Supreme Court is like, well, let's hear them out, um, is not a good sign. No, it is not. And this is the second major abortion case that the high court has heard this year. We talked a little bit about the other one on the show already. That is the Texas law banning abortion after six weeks. Yeah. So in the previous case, which the court decided in September, the Texas law issue SB8 worked a little differently. First of all, SB8 
effectively banned all abortions after just six weeks of pregnancy versus Mississippi's 15-week limit. Mm. But more relevantly, the law relied on a weird procedural enforcement trick. Mm-hmm. I won't get into the technicalities on this, but the bottom line is that the Supreme Court blamed their refusal to overturn SB 8 on the procedural enforcement question right. rather than the substantive question of whether or not the law was legal. In fact, they said that their decision didn't mean that the abortion ban was legal. So that's why the Mississippi case is such a big deal and even a bigger deal than the Texas case, right? It's a clear law that Mississippi passed knowing full well that it violated the constitutional rights of people seeking abortions. So this time, the court is going to have to address substantive questions, and it it doesn't look good. Yeah, and and let's talk about that a bit more, Josie. So there are nine justices, six consistently conservative, three consistently liberal. You said it's not looking good, but what does that exactly mean here? Can you lay out the spectrum of possibility, if there is one, on how the justices could rule and what listeners should be looking out for as this gets started. Absolutely. So I would say there are about three different general possibilities. The super technical question in front of the court is whether all pre-viability prohibitions on elective abortions are unconstitutional. So it's a slightly more narrow question than do you have a constitutional right to abortion? Mm-hmm. And the court can answer this question one of three ways. So first, at least in theory, the court could just uphold Roe entirely like they have done for decades, right? And they could say, yes, all abortion bans before viability are unconstitutional. And that could be that. I will tell you, I think there is virtually no chance of that happening. Mm. It's very unlikely. Even when Kennedy and Ruth Bader Ginsburg were on the court, abortion rights barely won out all the time. Lots of those cases were decided 5-4. And now we've replaced those two justices with staunchly, notoriously anti-abortion justices. So I have real trouble believing the court's going to say like, no, Rose, fine, you know, no notes. <laughs> it's, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. That does not seem to be the case. So moving on then, what is the second option here? The second option is what Vox characterized as a backhanded overruling where the court could, quote, hand down a disingenuous decision that burns the constitutional right to an abortion to the ground. Wow. In other words, they could rule against abortion rights and find that there are pre-viability prohibitions on abortions that are constitutional, but they could still not explicitly overrule Roe, right? They could just chip away at abortion rights little by little until they basically don't exist. Yeah. And so the likelihood of that happening is, what do we think? I think it's really quite possible, maybe even likely. Mm. I don't know what difference it really makes, even if the court doesn't say there's no constitutional right to terminate a pregnancy, if they chip away at it like this, Roe is as good as dead anyway, right? Yeah, in a sense, it's like the Texas law, right? The court says, well, Mm -hmm. this is not us overturning Roe, but if you are a pregnant person in Texas, you have no right to an abortion right now. Right, right. So what is the last possibility here then? So the last possibility is that the court could just explicitly state that there is no constitutional right to abortion. They could do what many of us fear and just straight up overturn Roe and Casey. Wow. On one hand, this seems sort of unlikely only because the court likes to couch its inhumanity in technicalities and exceptions and legalese, right? A part of me feels like they'd rather make it look like they haven't gutted the law, even if they know that they have. Mm. But on the other hand, Jay Willis, the editor-in-chief of the legal site Balls and Strikes, made a great point. Many of these justices are ardently anti-abortion, and they have been that way their entire lives, right? They've hoped their entire career to have the opportunity they have right now. Right. And many of them are on the record saying they don't believe Roe is rightly decided. This is the moment 
they've been waiting for. So I think there's a very good chance they just decide to completely obliterate a woman's right to choose. Yeah, that is beyond bleak. Um, mm. So uh, lastly here then, can we talk about who would actually pay the price here if they do overturn Roe? Yeah, if Roe is overturned, a person's abortion rights will depend on what state they live in, basically. In blue states, it's possible very little will change for pregnant people. In red states, though, those rights will probably cease to exist. Mm -hmm. In many of these states, abortion access is already basically impossible. As we mentioned, Mississippi has just one abortion clinic in the whole state, right? For people with access and money and resources, they will likely be able to obtain an abortion, even if Roe is overturned. They'll be able to travel to another state, for example. That's not to say it won't impact them, of course, but it won't be insurmountable. But it's other people without resources, overwhelmingly poor people and people of color, who are suffering already in the restrictions that already exist and will suffer even more if the court strikes down the right to an abortion. So it's not looking great, uh, and it's really scary for those women in particular. We will bring you more coverage on this in the days after oral arguments, and we can expect the justices ruling to come out sometime around next summer. Whew. Heavy. Yeah. Let's turn out to some updates on the Omicron variant. So one primary thing that we learned yesterday is that the variant was actually in Europe prior to South African scientists discovering it and alerting the World Health Organization. That seems like a pretty big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what else we found out, Gideon? Yeah. So this was basically coming from Dutch officials. Uh, they reported this yesterday, and they said they retested samples that were taken on November 19th and 23rd, those were two positive results that they had in the Netherlands. And now they discover that they were, in fact, Omicron. Mm. So to your point, Josie, this adds a new wrinkle to the question of where this originated from, which is still unanswered, especially as criticism continues about travel bans that several countries hastily implemented. There is a big difference between it was identified here and it came from here, and we simply just don't know the answer. Right. Uh, one prominent example of said travel chaos, last Friday, a number of planes from South Africa were on their way to the Netherlands right as the travel restrictions were announced. There's a good time story we can link to on it and what that might mean in terms of spreading the variant. Uh, there were reportedly a dozen or so Omicron cases identified from those flights. And then as for these other cases that came from November 19th and 23rd, it's not clear yet whether those people traveled to Southern Africa. Right. And Brazil and Japan just discovered their first cases, right? Again, demonstrating how travel bans alone really can't contain new variants. By the time you institute the ban, it's probably too late, right? Mm-hmm. But we'll get back to all of this soon. But is there anything else to go over before we move on? Too many things, but just a couple. Uh, the Financial Times spoke with Moderna's CEO, who was basically speculating that their vaccine would be less effective when it comes to Omicron as compared to other variants. Um, he said that was based on initial talks with scientists. But again, take that with the grain of we need to know a lot more salt, a lot of that that we're consuming recently. Then on vaccines more broadly, a federal judge issued a preliminary injunction yesterday to block President Biden's vaccine mandate for healthcare workers across the country. That was actually set to start next week. And lastly, an FDA panel narrowly endorsed Merck's COVID pill treatment in a 13 to 10 vote for certain individuals at risk of severe illness. We're going to link to a story that breaks down some of the panel's questions and concerns there. Um, and hopefully get back to that later. More on all of this very soon, but that is the latest for now.
It is Wednesday, Watt Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we are talking about the greatest honor an individual can receive. The legendary singer and entrepreneur Rihanna was declared a national hero by Barbados yesterday, just hours after the island nation formally cut its nearly 400-year-old colonial ties by removing Queen Elizabeth as head of state. We therefore present to you the designee for national hero of Barbados, Ambassador Robin Rihanna Fenty. May you continue to shine like a diamond and bring honor to your nation by your words, by your actions, and to do credit wherever you shall go. God bless you, my dear. Thank you. Wow, that was truly lovely. Um, using the song lyric as well was a genius touch. Um, Prince Charles attended the ceremony on behalf of his mom and spoke out against the British colonial history of slavery in Barbados. The Prime Minister of Barbados, Mia Motley, gave Rihanna her new title in honor of, quote, her creativity, her discipline, and above all else, her extraordinary commitment to the land of her birth. So, Josie, how are you reacting to Rihanna's new national hero status? Okay, I think the only fair thing to happen here would be for Rihanna to now be made the Queen of England. That's <laughs> the only right way to handle this. What do you think? Yeah, I think once you have this honor bestowed on you, that is the natural order of inheritance in British royalty. Mm-hmm. And it's time to make it so. We are monarch experts over here, as <laughs> you can tell. We are. We, we have studied it for many years. Um, we love it, though. It is great. Just like that, we have checked our temps. Uh, They, too, are shining bright like diamonds, and we'll be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific you get flowers you're getting flowers <laughs> everyone's getting flowers <laughs> go to books.com and use promo code wad for 25 percent off that is b-o-u-q-s.com promo code wad books promo code wad what a day is brought to you by fast growing trees fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the u.s with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, Fast Growing Trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. At least three students were killed and eight others wounded, including a teacher, when a 15-year-old opened fire at Oxford High School. This happened yesterday afternoon in a suburb just north of Detroit. The Oakland County Undersheriff Mike McCabe said they arrested the suspected shooter, a sophomore at the high school, and recovered the semi-automatic handgun used in the attack. As of our recording time on Tuesday night, authorities said they don't know the motive yet. They also said that the students who died were aged 14, 16, and 17 years old. Two of the injured were in surgery last night, and six others were in stable condition. Horrible, horrible news. Yeah. A quick follow-up on yesterday's news. CNN has suspended Chris Cuomo indefinitely after reviewing new evidence showing that he was heavily involved in crafting his brother Andrew Cuomo's defense against numerous allegations of sexual harassment. This comes after New York Attorney General Letitia James released damning text messages on Monday. In a statement, CNN said, quote, When Chris admitted to us that he had offered advice to his brother's staff, he broke our rules and we acknowledged that publicly. However, these documents point to a greater level of involvement in his brother's efforts than we previously knew. They can both talk about pasta dinners in <laughs> unemployment, in peace. Uh, there's going to be a do-over in the fight to unionize Amazon's warehouse in Bessemer, Alabama. Workers originally voted down the effort back in April, but in August, an official with the National Labor Relations Board alleged that the company used several tactics to discourage workers from voting. Yes, they did. On Monday, a regional director with the board agreed, setting the stage for take two. Meanwhile, labor groups have also accused Amazon of underreporting how many of their employees contracted COVID in their facilities last year. In 2020, Amazon claimed that of its 20,000 workers that caught the virus, only 27 of them caught it at work. The labor organization, the Strategic Organizing Center, said that the number is way too low and it, quotes, defies science and logic. I tend to agree. I'm confused there. Um, They're calling for a full investigation into Amazon. Honestly, this is one of my favorite things ever, that Amazon just decided that only 27 people caught it at work. I don't follow it. It's too much. Donald Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, has agreed to cooperate with the House committee investigating the January 6th insurrection. He said he'll testify before the committee and also provide them with relevant documents. This decision is a significant change because he previously objected to working with the committee, claiming he had executive privilege from the former president. That's not how it works. These men learned how our government works from a barely functional VHS copy of Schoolhouse Rock that had been damaged in a flood. (laughs) Meadows is taking a different path than Trump's former aide Steve Bannon, who was charged with two counts of contempt by Congress for not cooperating with the same investigation. Bannon has been on a media blitz leading up to his court date on December 7th, which Justice Department prosecutors want to limit because he's been sharing documents with the public before his trial. (laughs) 
Meanwhile, the House committee will meet today to vote on another criminal contempt referral, this time for Jeffrey Clark, an ex-Trump Justice Department official who has also refused to cooperate. I was wondering where my schoolhouse rock VHS that I lost in the flood had gone. And um, thank you, Mark, for finding it. Uh, One man has the tools to heal Pennsylvania's wounds. These tools are not supported by empirical data, and the medical community considers them to be very dangerous. It's Mehmet Oz, better known as Dr. Oz from The Oprah Winfrey Show, who announced this week that he is running for Senate in Pennsylvania. As one of the country's most prominent TV physicians, Oz has often given baseless medical advice. One 2014 analysis in the British Medical Journal said that less than half of his recommendations were supported by evidence. Now he hopes to bring that creative mind to the halls of Congress. Here's a clip from his announcement video, which gave little to no insight into his policies. Pennsylvania needs a conservative who will put America first, one who can reignite our divine spark, bravely fight for freedom, and tell it, like it is. That's why I'm running for Senate. That's right. Everybody else runs to tell it like it isn't, but he is an exception. Oz is one of many candidates running to replace Republican Senator Patrick Toomey, who plans to retire after representing the swing state for 10 years. He is stepping up after the withdrawal of Trump-endorsed Senate candidate Sean Parnell, who suspended his campaign last week after a judge determined that he had abused his wife and he lost custody of his children. Dr. Oz has some absolutely wretched shoes to fill. Yeah, this is great for me because Marjorie Taylor Greene is from my state and (laughs) Pennsylvania has really given us a run for our money. So thank you. In that sense, I suppose, thank you. (laughs) And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go. Are you still looking for the perfect gift for this holiday season? Check out our Crooked Holiday Collection for ornaments, wad tees, dust calendars, and more. Shop all the new holiday arrivals now at crooked.com slash store. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, debunk a treatment endorsed by Dr. Oz, and tell your friends to listen. And if you are into reading and not just reasons why Rihanna is a national hero like me, What a Day <laughs> is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and visit, visit our, our used mask, mask page on, on Depop. Depop. The listings are incredible and you could buy one for my mom's birthday which is today that i forgot to say oh my happy gosh. birthday and now i remembered and i made up for it there it happy birthday gideon's mom thank you i will not be in trouble now we love you What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran and me, Gideon Resnick. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador.